Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 34 of Retro Hangover. Internet. Welcome to episode 34 of the Retro Hangover Podcast. We are rapidly recognizing residents running reality, realizing recording really rocks. Let's wrestle raccoons. Welcome once again to the Retro Hangover Podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris Copeland, and here's your host, Shane Dick Dragon Tyrant Koski. <laughs> uh Great. This is, this is good. I love that this is a thing now. That's fantastic. Also, uh, points for the alliteration this time. I feel like it, we're improving. And also have another great idea. Um, Trash Panda Wrestling Association. Let's talk about this. Trash Panda. I like it. Yeah. I like it. We can introduce it because it is WrestleMania weekend. Um, oh. But before we get into too much diatribe here, um, and we talk about wrestling raccoons uh, against people like uh, uh, Roman Reigns because that I mean would I just be feel applicable like that should just for... be the whole episode now. <laughs> yes, wrestling raccoons with Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> we have Ryan Trainer here today from the Ultimate Nerd Podcast. He is yeah. joining us. Thank you, Ryan, for coming here. Uh, say a few words. Introduce yourself. Oh yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I think I'm gonna need a first aid spray for this uh, hangover I have, but uh, it's great to be on the show. And um, yeah, man, just big fan and glad to be on this episode. I'm See, surprised I'm, you didn't request herb. Say, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about I, that mixed I, herb life. I had one of those. I'm like, should it be the first aid herb? But again, the first aid spray does it all, right? That's true. I don't want to mix true. shit up. So, <laughs> I mean, sometimes those herbs can be laced. That's too much yes. like work. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, in any case, um, welcome to the podcast. So, been a little while since we recorded. In all honesty, I think last time we recorded three weeks ago, just more of a preemptive kind of recording. So, Chris, Shane, you're, you're shattering the illusion. Okay, quiet. <sighs> Sorry, I'm breaking. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Uh, we totally <laughs> recorded two weeks ago. We there is no magic. On a regular schedule all the time. Always. Uh, but in any case, since then, Shane, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I don't know. Lots of stuff. I'm, I'm super tired today. Uh, I was I was chaperoning a, a field trip for um, high school kids uh, overnight last night. So if you didn't have this happen in your own life or you're not old enough to have high school age children of your own, which I, none of us are. Um, they got this thing called grad bash. It's for seniors at the end of the year. They go do fun stuff. It's like a, I want to say that it's like, you know, a celebration of like, Hey, you made it. Congrats. You, you know, you survived. But to be fair, it's actually for all of the, uh, seniors. So even the ones that are like, mm, you might not actually pass, they still get to go. So I feel like maybe it's just a consolation prize for them. But anyway, participation um, trophy weekend. Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, but so we went to Universal Studios because I think most of our listeners know at this point that we were based out of Florida, so that's not that far away for us. Um, and uh, and it was a good time. Um, it's, you know, a lot of coffee involved, but uh, outside of that, it was good. It also was like a two and a half hour bus ride one way, which means I had plenty of time to get my, my mobile gaming in. 
Um, speaking of which, ha- have either of you dove into um, the uh, Elder Scrolls Blades yet? I have not. No. Okay, nope. cool. So just me. So um, I'll, I'll keep this brief. Uh, but if if you're fans of of the Elder Scrolls series at all, um, you can check it out. But I'm gonna be honest. Right now, it's in early access and um, not super great. It, it's it's pretty bare bones, and the monetization model is hot garbage. Um, there's surprise. Yeah, I know, right? Well, okay. <laughs> It actually is a, a little bit of a surprise. And the only reason I say that is because uh, Fallout Shelter exists. And the monetization in that is actually not bad. It's like, you know, the least intrusive of a lot of them. But this one it just has chests with timers that lock you out of being able to open other chests. And it just, it's basically Elder Scrolls, like, chests. That's what it should be called. Because that's all you're doing for, like, 90% of the heavy air quotes gameplay but hmm. interesting yeah um but yeah man other than that i think that's that's pretty much it i've been getting some time in on uh that thing we're gonna talk about today and um also started new game plus on dark souls because of course i did i mean i don't think you play anything other than dark souls Listen, man, just because you can see in discord when i fire something up on steam doesn't mean you know my life I mean, I, I, I'm not that intrusive on, on what you play, actually, but I don't have to be. <laughs> um, do you have that Amiibo yet, by the way, the the, the Dark Souls one? I, I do. Um, and, and shout out to my brother for that one, actually. He bought two of them when they were released, and I managed to talk him into giving me one of them. Sweet. Yeah. Go Amiibo. <laughs> Amiibos, by the way, super, super popular on Instagram. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you want those Insta likes? Just just post some amiibos. Apparently, it works. Yeah, I've got whatever, like four. Whatever works, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Chris, how, how about ah. yourself? What what have you been up to? Shit. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, spent a week in Beaufort, South Carolina. Mm. Uh, that was nice, and I got to you know go on some some live streams that happen on Sunday nights at nine p.m on Twitch and uh, went and talked smack to someone playing Final Fantasy Adventure. That was that was enjoyable. Yeah, that um, sounds like fun. I should try that out. You, you should. It's the retro hangover Twitch stream on huh. Sundays at 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Sounds intriguing. Hopefully pretty routinely. In any case, um, <laughs> so uh, I, w- I, was in, I was in Beaufort, South Carolina doing some work. That was pretty fun. Uh, then went from Beaufort and went up to Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, got done with work early and went to a town called Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And that was a lot of fun. Um, just enjoying, you know, places with the opportunity of working. So I really haven't a lot, haven't had a lot of time to game, especially with my college routine. But I've been trying to play a lot more and wrap up uh, the game I was talking about last week, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, because it's not a long game. So I can get through that quickly. Uh... Briefly played uh, the game we're talking about today um, and then realized something with comparing. So I got the PlayStation Classic much to uh, against my my better judgment, but I got it for super cheap. I got it at a discount price and I got 20 percent off on addition to that discount price. So I got a pretty good deal and there's no other cheaper way if I ever want to play Persona on a physical copy and I know it's not a physical copy of persona. However, I digress. Um, 
not a bad deal for the, for the price I got it on. But then I realized uh, my son saw that I had it. And he was like, well, I want to play uh, the PlayStation Classic. And I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. No, no problem there. Uh, PlayStation pa- Classic is your pal. And I, I hooked it up. And uh, hey, it's a subtle joke. I just put it in there. <laughs> People are smart. will get it. Um, I'm going to edit that. So I, I, I watched him play. Uh, so I was playing uh, our game this week on my Saturn, which is hooked up to my CRT TV with component cables, and it looks great. And then I watched him play the same game through the PlayStation Classic on the HDMI TV connection. Through the mm-hmm. Well, that's the only way you can really play the PlayStation Classic, so duh. And it looked terrible. And it just made me realize... Hell surprise. What? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um... So, yeah, for the record, CRT TVs are better than HD TVs because Resident Evil. There we are. <laughs> Old man yells at Cloud. Bringing it back yes. home to the Resident style, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's what I've been up to, college, traveling, and Saturn games. Uh, how about you, Ryan? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going on uh, game-wise or just in life-wise and what you got, man. Yeah, I uh, did the fortunate accident signed up for gamefly <laughs> which Ooh. uh you know it, it's actually pretty cool a friend of mine kind of coaxed me into it which you know is a good idea for trying to play a lot of games and stuff and uh the only it's not a bad thing but i decided to have my first game to uh be as dragon warrior 11 <laughs> or dragon quest 11 or whatever and Ooh. um yeah i just kind of been a lot of I've been really busy with my life with just uh, podcasting and just like trying to do a bunch of stuff. And that game, you need to sit down for a couple hours, if you know what I mean. <laughs> just, just a few. Just a yeah. few, yeah. And I'm just, I've been sitting down like an hour or two a night or something and barely scraping the surpa- uh, surface of talking to other friends and stuff that have beaten it already. And they're like, yeah you're nowhere close to anywhere <laughs> so but it, it's all good I, I love the game it looks amazing and um yeah there's zombies in that game <laughs> toriyama zombies exactly yeah they look really cool see that sounds a lot like chris talking to me about like ff9 leading up to that episode i was he was just like so uh so 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 where you at i'm like i don't know man like you know uh, this thing's happening right now and he's like dude that's like you're, you're in disc two and like i listen i feel accomplished okay see that's why we need to do a chrono trigger episode because that game is only like 25 hours long i mean it also gives very me true yeah. to actually go back and and finish chrono trigger because i might not have done that well it wouldn't take you very long is my point then you pretend you played it a lot back in the day we can lie it's a fun ass <laughs> game it's great all right. In any case, uh, I, I've already let that that drop. But if you're on Instagram, uh, if you follow me or the Retro Hangover podcast or the Ultimate Nerd podcast or Ryan's Instagram feed, you know that this episode this week is about Resident Evil in its original form with discussions about the remake, our remake. So um, we will continue here with a brief history on resident evil do any of you have anything to say before we jump into that uh jill sandwich and that would be delicious (laughs) all right and here we go with the brief history of resident evil (laughs) 
1998, July. Alpha Team is flying around the forest zone situated in northwest Raccoon City, where we are searching for the helicopter of our compatriots, Bravo Team, who disappeared during the middle of our mission. Bizarre murder cases have recently occurred in Raccoon City. There are outlandish reports of families being attacked by a group of about 10 people. Victims were apparently eaten. Bravo Team went to the hideout of the group and then disappeared. There are only three STARS members left now, Captain Wesker, Jill, and myself. We don't know where Barry is. They have escaped into the mansion where they thought it was safe. Yet. In 1989, Capcom released a horror-based role-playing game called Sweet Home for the Famicom, a licensed game from a Japanese movie of the same name. The game featured a small and specialized party navigating through a haunted mansion with limited health and weapons and resources available. Despite its positive reception in Japan, the game never saw an official release into the United States, mostly due to the content. Four years later, Sweet Home's creator, Takuro Fujiwara, proposed that they make a follow-up based on his previous game, Sweet Home. Capcom and Fujiwara would tap Shinji Mikami, known for his success with Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo, to lead the project, which had begun production on the Super Nintendo in 1993. Before it was shift, over to the PlayStation in 1994. Capcom chose the PlayStation over the Saturn, even though Capcom had a decent relationship with Sega because of the PlayStation's ability to push polygons. Initially, a full Sweet Home remake, Resident Evil was to be a 3D first-person exploration game with a setting heavily influenced by The Shining, with a more psychological horror aspect before eventually shifting over to the American zombie horror genre. During development, Mikami had time to play Alone in the Dark, widely regarded as being one of the first survival horror games, and decided to model his new game off a similar approach, with 3D models having pre-rendered backgrounds. On March 22, 1996, Biohazard would release in Japan, with the American release, named Resident Evil, being only eight days later. A name change in America happened due to conflicting names of a Sega Genesis shooter called Biohazard Battle, and an alt-metal band from New York called Biohazard. They wanted to avoid the copyright claims, of course. Lawsuits suck. While Mikami was only expecting the game to sell about 200,000 copies, the game went on to be a massive success. It received high amounts of critical acclaim, with the original version of the game moving two and three-quarter of a million units, becoming the best-selling game for the fledgling console at the time. Later editions of the game, which would be the Director's Cut and Director's Cut DualShock Edition, would go on to sell an additional two and a third million units, bringing the total to well over five million units sold for the original PlayStation. Resident Evil would go on to be a massive franchise in its own right, spawning seven numbered sequels and numerous spin-offs with a successful movie franchise. It even received a remake in 2002 for the Nintendo GameCube, which for many is considered the standard for what to expect when complete remaking a game, and truly welcoming one, once again, into the world of survival horror. And that is a brief history of Resident Evil. Awesome. Thanks, Chris, as usual. Ooh, we got to clap this time. Like <laughs> standing, standing ovation. Oh, I was standing the whole time. I know. <laughs> Tru- truly riveting. Uh, yeah, so actually, I didn't know about this whole sweet home thing at all. And, and also, as a side note, um, I'm I'm compelled to just, you know, put Sweet Home Alabama as the backing track for the entirety of this history section now. 
Please don't. <laughs> That's <laughs> way more much. way more horrifying. <laughs> it's a little it's a little close to home too, Shane. Oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> you you remember I have the ability to edit these things out, right? <laughs> have you guys seen uh the gameplay for Sweet Home? Yes. It's it's actually pretty interesting. I never played it myself, but if I found like a port or some like emulator or something like that, that would be uh mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd like to mess around with it for a little hour, you know, see how it is. Kind of, actually talking about Persona, kind of remind me a little bit about the original Persona with like walking through the schools and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like it's kind of like an RPG in a sense, but oh, from what I understand it's it's complete RPG. I mean, it is it's a total RPG. Yeah. Uh with and if you really think about it, it has a lot of aspects that carried over into Resident Evil 0 where you would leave party members behind and you'd be doing things uh uh what's asynchronously uh with party members. Uh, because all certain party members could do certain things that other ones couldn't. So, and that kind of carried over to Resident Evil. But before we really talk about the nitty gritty of Resident Evil itself, uh, let's start out with our guest today. What was your first experience playing Resident Evil? What was your introduction to to the game? I was glad that you guys picked me for this episode because I do have a a big um, this this had a big impression on me for uh, video games in general because. I was a big zombie fan, and at the time, you know, I watched all, like, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, like, a lot of George Romero kind of stuff, and, um, you know, Resident Evil came out, and obviously having a PlayStation, my brother got this game, because I have an older brother, and, you know, he just wanted the next best thing, but obviously I would go into his room and play his stuff. <laughs> and uh, it was really funny because I thought this game was just like basically everything else, like Mario or whatever, just not what Resident Evil is. And I started playing it. And after getting through the opening, I got to the first part where you see the first zombie and I could not play anymore. <laughs> I was... <laughs> At my age of, uh, what, I don't know, seven, eight, whatever it was, but I was honestly terrified. And I, I never felt this kind of terror before. And I mean, I guess maybe in movies, but you know, you just, you just walk away from that. Video games is something different where you can go back to that and you can try to like overcome it. And mm. that's kind of how I felt. I, had some neighbor friends that I had over and I'm like, you got to see this game because they didn't have a PlayStation. So I was like, check this game out and we would watch it and they were a little older than me. So they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I was just cowering into the other room and they were not understanding why get past 10 minutes of this game. So it took me a few days, but after that, I just fell in love with it and it became definitely one of my favorite series, I would have to say. And just you know, I, I I played every part of this pretty much, and just it, it's just like really cool, and I like where the series has gone in some ways. <laughs> so, oh, I'm I'm sure that we're gonna touch on that. Don't yeah. Me. Oh yeah. But yeah, so that that intro sequence actually, it's it's funny because I can't quite put my finger on it, but that first zombie reveal when you get that that cutscene. There's something about the way that that zombie is rendered that is just so unsettling. I don't know if it's yeah. the eyes or what. 
And can I, I say, it's like, it wasn't the opening that scared me because the opening was awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it in, was in the cheesiest way for sure. But at that <laughs> time, I had ass and, you know, I'm a little kid seeing people shoot nothing and just things happening. And then I see two seconds of a animated, I, I couldn't tell what at the time, what it was, but that just scared the shit out of me. And it's just funny because that full intro didn't do anything to me besides I just thought it was cool. And that two second clip basically of a zombie turning over and looking at you just shook me to my boots. It was crazy, you know? Yeah, you're just like, no, yeah. I'm done. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I actually I actually want to talk about that, that clip briefly. And I, I think the North American version, because I don't know if you know this, but the, the North American version of that clip and the intro for that matter – were both heavily censored from the Japanese release. Uh, so the, the original clip in, in Japan has the zombie, you know, munching on Kenneth over there, having himself a Kenneth sandwich. Well, not that because it's not Jill sandwich. So having himself, a, I guess we'll say a Kenneth hoagie. And there you, go. Uh, you hear like a snapping sound. Now, in the Japanese version, you see Kenneth's head roll off and you see it half eaten. Yeah. Um, which doesn't happen in the North American version before you see the zombie turn his head and look at you. And that's why I was saying – that's why I would say the North American version I think is, is better because the focus is on the zombie the entire time. You don't really know what he's eating. You know he's eating a person, but you don't know the, the other details. And I think that's a finer point on horror a lot where people say it's not what you see that scares you. It's what you don't see that, that your mind tells you is going on. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that clip was probably more effective in the North American version, especially how things have aged with uh, CG than mm -hmm. it was in the Japanese one. Yeah, that's totally. Point. You can you can see the setup right there. I mean, you had that epic, obviously, beginning opening, and then when you get in and everything calms down, and it just seems like a game where, you know, you just wander around. Like, they made you tunnel to that, uh, you know, that full motion video, and it was just, like, so well-planned. You could see in, like, uh, like, game development standards, I would say, and it's just really cool, you know, looking back on it in that sense. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. definitely. All right, so uh, who who wants to, Chris, do you want to go next? Because I got like, yeah, I got sure. a list of things that I want to talk about for this. So I don't, <laughs> don't want to dominate the conversation. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, because I, I see your notes here. And yeah, this is, that's definitely for a conversation. So um, <laughs> my first experience at Resident Evil, uh, I had just gotten a PlayStation. I think it was uh, after the N64 came out. So it had been a year since the game had been out because the N64 came out late 1996. And because we were all spoiled brats growing up as kids, uh, I got an N64 for Christmas. My brother got a PlayStation and my sister got a Saturn. So, yeah, <laughs> we weren't we weren't hurting back then. So um, one of my friends came over uh, shortly after Christmas and he said he had this game called Resident Evil. And then I wasn't too interested in the PlayStation uh, never really had paid much attention to it. I thought it was just going to be a system I would have to suffer through and wait until Final Fantasy VII came out. But he brought over this game I'd never heard of, and I was completely blown away by it. And uh, much like Ryan said, how terrifying it was for me at that age to play that game. Uh, even with the, if you look back nowadays and you look at how the graphics look, it's almost laughable oh, that someone could be hilarious. scared. <laughs> right. But these were, at the time, you know, um, state-of-the-art graphics. Uh, the level of immersion that the, that the game had, especially for someone at my age at the time, was, was mind-blowing. Um, 
and how difficult it was for me to get through the game regularly. Now, when I strapped a Game Shark onto the black this uh, back of the PlayStation and gave myself a bazooka with unlimited ammo, uh, rocket launcher. I'm sorry, not bazooka, rocket launcher. Uh, the game became significantly easier and less terrifying. Huh. Uh, you you, che- you you cheated the system. <laughs> I, I, I would happen to say I was just taking advantage of an opportunity. So, um, yeah, but but from there, I really loved the series, got into the series, and found it to be a lot of fun, especially when the remake came out uh, post-Resident Evil 4, and how much that made me appreciate my GameCube that was collecting dust in the face of my PlayStation 2. Uh, it was so great to see that remake, and that remake is definitely fantastic. So that's that's my albeit very brief interaction with how I got introduced to the series. Cool. Um, so mine is actually very different from both of yours. Um, I mean, I think Chris kind of knows this already, but I, I was almost Chris Chris Redfield. <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> specifically him. Uh, we're we're best friends. Um, we're actually very close on Facebook. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah but no um i, I hear his sister's hot <laughs> <laughs> well just don't let him hear you say that uh but yeah i i was almost exclusively a nintendo person um as far as consoles were concerned uh so my exposure to the playstation back when it was the you know the the flagship sony console uh was relegated mostly to you know renting it from um the local blockbuster which for the young ones in the audience that's a place that you used to go to borrow video games it's like a library but you have to pay for it i know it's physical game fly yeah it's a weird concept but you know stay with me on this one um so i uh i actually didn't play the original resident evil my my um exposure to the series actually started with re2 as a matter of fact, um, which I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about at some point. Um, so I kind of circled back around to this one. And um, m- most of my experience with it has been far more recent um, than than you two, for sure. And, and I've played, actually, I think I have a copy of the original um, here at, at my place. But I've put more time into the the remake on Steam, actually, um, which for me, someone coming in, you know, kind of after the fact, I, I don't necessarily have the the nostalgia going for me. So being able to play the game, but also have updated graphics and um, also not tank controls, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a second. Uh, is is nice. It's it's a good way for someone who didn't play it before to kind of get into it. Um, so so that's kind of been my vector for for RE. So how do you guys feel about talking about some of the some of our uh, some of our discussion points about some of the pros and cons of this game? You feel like we're we're ready to dive into this because because I know I am. It's itchy and tasty time. Ooh yeah, that's a good that point. Sounds like you should get checked out. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's just dive into this then. So, um, you know what? Let's let's we'll end with the with the positives because I think we'll we'll leave it on a better note that way, and uh-huh. maybe that also we won't get some people being salty about me potentially shitting on Resident Evil, which which I'm not for the record, but you know. Um, uh-huh. So some of the things that kind of bugged me as I was playing through it, and 
I, I'm also relying on the two of you to give me some sort of perspective on this since you were there, you know, at, at, at the, at the beginning. But, um, number one, the inventory, inventory management thing, um, in my opinion, sucks balls. So you have a very limited amount of space, right? To, to carry items. And this includes your weapons. Um, and you have a storage box, you know, for all your uh, extraneous stuff that only exists in save rooms throughout the game. And so you have to be very particular about what you carry with you. So so I get it, right, from, from a, a realism standpoint, I suppose you can only carry so much stuff, particularly if you're playing as Jill because those pants are very tight and probably don't have many pockets. But she, uh, she has those saddlebags, though. That's true. Yeah. Ah, see, there you go. You made my point for me. All right. Details. Saddlebags. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I'm going to sit. Let's go with a fanny pack. It, it's, it's, right. it's attached she to the fanny pack. She has two of pack. them. They're on each hip. I, I totally dual, understand. Dual wheeled fanny packs. All right. Yes. All right. That's that, that dual wheeled. Yeah. She, like. also, she also has that beret. Well, that depends. If you're playing the remake, you can play as Jill with like a tactical ball cap on instead. But, but I digress. (laughs) So, um, so okay. So I get it, right? Like why they did this, Um, because it forces you as a player to kind of choose, you know, what you feel is most important to take with you. Um, But I'm gonna be honest. Running back to those save places. When, especially if you're going into this blind, right? If you don't know, like, oh, I'm going to need this item up for this next section, then going back there when you realize that feels bad from a gameplay perspective, at least in my opinion, Um, because I got frustrated with that, not having, you know, a a walkthrough or, or anything like that. Um, And trying to play it just, just blind as if I had never seen this before. Um, it, uh, it's rough. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to kind of disagree. If you take into consideration that Resident Evil is supposed to be more of an adventure game, and when you take into consideration the, the limitations of the amount of ammunition you can carry and um, how limited the ammo is throughout the game, how limited health items are, the fact that you're you're planning routes from point A to point B, and the ability of you to explore and figure out what you need. Going back to each safe, the safe room or inventory room, whatever you want to call it, um, knowing you have to go back through there and you have to wonder what enemies have I killed? What's going to be in my way? Do I have enough ammunition? Do I have enough health? Am I going to be able to make it? It adds in many ways to the tension that the game is trying to go. Now, it might break the immersion. It might become more frustrating, especially now that, you know, the graphics have aged to the point where it's not a terrifying game, right? Um, Maybe more so for the remake, I understand that because, no, those graphics have been updated. But when I think that does add a letter level of tension, knowing that if you don't go prepared, it can be a bad day for you because you don't know what you left alive and what you didn't leave alive behind you in your path. Okay, but here's the thing, right? So I'm, I'm with you on the tension aspect, and I, I do think that that's what they were going for. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think that you can achieve that by limiting the specifically the combat and health items and the rest of it, like all of the non-combat stuff, like your, your puzzle items, essentially. I think that Uh those should not have been limited by inventory space. I think that you should just have those at all times because 
at least again, this is purely subjective, but going from uh, uh you know a, a save a safe room and then going uh-huh. to an area where you've encountered a puzzle and then you suddenly have this moment where you're like, ah, oh, shit, I need that wooden crest or whatever the hell. Um, and I decided not to take it with me because I didn't know if I'd need it. And then you have to backtrack. To me, that's not tension. That's actually just frustration, like immediately. Now, if you limit it so that, um, you know, you're what they're saying essentially is, you only have you can only carry you know x number of weapons and so many you know bullets for example and you can only have this number of health items like that is also you know kind of limiting the player in a way that is going to provide that sort of tension and and sense of danger without introducing that frustration of oh, okay, I now realize that I needed this item and now I need to go back like six rooms to go grab it and come back. Like that just seems like in a way, it almost seems like it's artificially lengthening the the game because it it, it doesn't feel oh, No, necessary. it is artificially. It's not in a way it's artificially lengthening the game. It is artificially lengthening the game. And that's definitely because they, remember they, not remember, but there was a, um, design that they tried to implement in the American version where those item boxes weren't connected throughout the mansion. Yeah. And that would, and that, and that was directly to lengthen the game. It was intentional, but they didn't do that. That'd and that would have just horrible. made it horrible. <laughs> we would not be talking yeah. here right now if that was a thing. So <laughs> see, okay. Ryan and I are on the same page about this because if that would have happened, I would have said, well, fuck this game. I'm going to go play something else and never touch it again because that would be infuriating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Yeah, with you on that one. I kind of look at, like, since this is a retro game now, even with, like, the um, uh, the remake and stuff, but I played it, you know, on the PlayStation and, like, on the DS, and it's just kind of, I like the fact that I knew the pattern of everything, and this is with, like, 1, 2, and 3, basically, of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Just the way you play these games... There, it, nothing like comes different with it. You know, you start it over. Like all the zombies are in the right place, and y- you can kind of strategize in that sense if you replay it. But I guess the first time through, I could understand you being frustrated with it, and it is because it does take up more time. I could only imagine my first time through Resident Evil One would have been like as long as you know probably how I'm playing Dragon Warrior 11 now so <laughs> but uh uh it, it was probably super long when you can basically beat this game in a couple hours but um I, I guess it's just like kind of like learning how to just know what you need to do with it and who you're playing with and if you're Chris and Jill I don't know it just kind of gives it more depth to it I I suppose I, I don't know I I I feel like I just sort of fundamentally disagree with some of the design decision around that. Like, I guess from a replayability standpoint, I can I can see that. But and actually, Ryan, it's good that you kind of touched on the Chris versus Jill thing, because that is an excellent segue into the other major gripe that I have with this. And I feel like this is probably going to be controversial, too. I don't know. But um, the, the two playable characters you have um actually kind of very wildly in how difficult the game ends up being depending on who you pick and there is zero things that communicate that to you 
on the outset. So again, coming from a perspective of someone who's like picking this up for the first time and playing through it and not having any foreknowledge of that whatsoever, um, you have no idea, right? Um, uh, well, apparently, the, the, isn't it the girl gets it the easier way and the guy has it the hard way? <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, which I mean, we could go off on like a half hour discussion of how like this is the nineties, right? Sexist, but <laughs> but it, Resident Evil misogynist edition, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but apparently, also for the record, um, and Chris is probably going to jump in here in a second. Um, I, I see some annotations to our notes that the Saturn version actually tells you this. Is that right? So, I mean, at least the, the version I was playing. Um, so in the Japanese release, which is the version I have for the Saturn, mm -hmm. when you start a new game underneath Jill, it says easy and underneath Chris, it says hard. That seems very so, presumptuous. They don't, they don't know her. They don't know and her dirty. Life, right? <laughs> yeah. very, very dirty. Um, but, uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about that jill sandwich again i, I mean i wish i wish i had a, a playstation the original playstation uh, manual in front of me uh to, to to see if that was in the manual because those are things that came with video games back then and you could read them and they would typically tell you things about the game you were about to play um what wait they chris you're they, saying <laughs> that there were physical items printed on dead trees yeah we were terribly wasteful back then that's crazy and yeah, I know. Um, but that that may have said that in in there, but I don't remember what it said in that damn thing. So if I'm just going to play the game and fire up a digital version of it, uh, most people don't read manuals anymore anyway. You're never going to know. You're right. Uh, who's going to be the more difficult path uh, throughout the game? And you guys can keep me honest on this one because I, I think you both know. But in case we didn't make it clear, I, I for, in my preparation for this episode, I, I've been exclusively playing the HD remake. I did not touch the original at all. So there might be some differences there. Um, and you you can fill me in on that one if it's if it is different. But from the the PC version of the, the HD remake, uh, it's weird because there's a there's this disconnect actually where the game asks you to select a difficulty setting and then you pick who you're going to play as but who you play as also affects the difficulty of the game but just not in such a direct way as like oh well there's a you know different enemy placement or they have less health or do more damage or whatever um but that part the the Chris versus Jill thing is is not communicated at all so yeah that, that's an interesting point because especially in the original i would if you actually look at it it's like chris is more of the wuss because he's just holding little keys in his pocket all through the mansion while jill has to carry around basically the heaviest guns you could ever expect uh anyone to carry and um you know in the hd that is funny but um i, know, I guess i would have to look at that in the you know, I haven't played that one in a minute, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, just remember, Jill is great at unlocking things. She's the she master. Can, <laughs> she's the master of unlocking. She she can play a piano, and Chris doesn't know what music is. Yeah, Chris is just an she, idiot that smokes cigarettes. Yes. Well, only in Japan. <laughs> and it makes a great, she makes a great sandwich to eat. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that piano sequence, does that play out differently if you play as Chris? Do you not get that? like secret room nah, you need he, rebecca yeah uh, okay you think chris can read music he is <laughs> he is dumb chris is dumb 
Yeah, that's why his sister is no way skills. better. Because <laughs> girls like guys who have skills. And that's why no one likes to play as Chris. Nunchuck skills. <laughs> uh, not not lockpicking skills. Definitely not lockpicking. No. He needs to re-roll. No, but I mean, we can... He punches rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's true. I think at the end of the day, though, we could probably say that Bar- Barry is the real MVP. I mean, he just like shows up out of nowhere and he's like, hey, Jill, here, here's some acid rounds. Like, where did you even find those? Like, don't ask. OK, great. Sure. Wesker gave them to me. Yeah. <laughs> that, probably, that, that is the lore, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's OK, at least for me. And uh, you guys can jump in. But that those are pretty much the two big negatives that i had um the rest of it is mostly praise so before we go you know go off on um what's the word i'm looking for tank controls oh well great thank you i'm glad you reminded me of that yeah chris why don't you talk about tank controls (laughs) that was a slow segue just like a tank control is (laughs) nice (laughs) as we slowly rotate into our next session (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh my son, like I said, my son was playing this today and he couldn't put it better. He's like, the controls are terrible. And I just made fun of him and said, the t- controls aren't terrible. You're just terrible at controlling. Um, get good. Get good. Get good, son, in the literal sense. Um, but yeah, tank controls, I don't love them. I don't hate them. So I'm not going to put them in positive or negatives. I think once you learn how to control it, you can really play the game well. I think if you had controls that you do you press the button and they go into the direction that they're supposed to i think it would kind of break the game a little bit which i think is what you start to see resident evil 4-ish and moving forward where yeah i get it technically those are still tank controls in resident evil 4 but because it's over the shoulder it's nowhere near as tense and as scary as resident evil 1 and 2 when were when they released or the or the re makes um it's it's a completely different kind of feel i actually do think the tank controls purposefully or not do add to the tension and do add to the experience resident evil is trying to go for when you can shoot and walk that's kind of where resident evil started to tip their scales and stuff because especially with like the first resident evil tank yeah i mean the controls do suck like there's no doubt about it but if i go through a playthrough with resident evil one it doesn't bother me just for how comfortable I am with this game. And even with like two and the other ones, even, even if the controllers are getting better, but we got like auto aim and like lock on targets and just uh, walking and shooting with the other resident evils. You just feel those weights off your shoulders and you're just like, Oh my God, this is so nice. <laughs> but, but the games are so much more intense as you get into the later games. So you go to Resident Evil 1 and it's like, oh, there's two zombies here. So you almost like the tank controllers with just how like silly it is, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the updated control scheme really detracts from the experience at all. Because like uh, playing the remake, I, you know, immediately swapped the controls to um, not suck mode. And... Um, <laughs> It feels fine. Uh, like, I don't think it really takes away from the tension or anything. Um, and I think actually, Ryan, you you touched on it. I think the big point is the ability to move and shoot. When you are not able to do that in, in RE1 and even in the remake with the, the better controls, um, that's another sort of like, you know, 
player decision that you have to make. You're like, okay, am I going to run from this or am I going to deliberately stop and try to engage, you know, this zombie or dog or what have you. Um, So that I think organically creates that tension, which I appreciate. I mean, it adds to the overall atmosphere of the game, which is one of the, the, the pros that we're, we're going to talk about too. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like the, the lack of tank control really detracts at all. But again, that's, that's someone that's coming in from a newer perspective, I guess. And I, and I can kind of understand where you're coming from too. It's not like I'm saying it, it makes it way better because I look at a game like silent Hill, mm-hmm. which if you release same time frame, and back then I, and I still do believe silent Hill is the scarier game. Agreed. And Silent Hill does not have tank controls. It's also probably why I liked it more. Probably why. Yeah. But it's also a scarier, more tense, more atmospheric game. Yeah. So, um, so Ryan, any other any other things that you wanted to point out as far as you know, maybe things that kind of bothered you about it before we go into what we like? Did you guys? I, I guess a little bit. Did you guys like the uh, the backgrounds and stuff, and like going into like other things with? Uh... I don't know, did that bother you with like looking where your enemies are and stuff? Do you know what I mean? You mean no, like that didn't a, bother me. You mean like yeah. the fixed camera angles? Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, actually, no. Um, I, I, I like that as a matter of fact. Which look at this. I like it you too. see, this is what going. You see what's going on here, Chris? Like Ryan is the segue master. Like it's yes. perfect. <laughs> he just sets these not, up. I am not, not the jewel of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> dude that listen that has some implications i don't want to talk about okay but um but no that actually is an excellent segue because one of the things that i personally really appreciate about this game is the the very deliberate choice on the developer's behalf to have fixed camera angles for every uh, area in the game um i think that that is and actually in my notes i said that this was probably for me, the biggest contributor to the overall atmosphere that this game generates, which is excellent. Um, it just, it gives the game this real cinematic kind of quality that, um, that you don't get when you have, you know, full control over the camera. I feel, um, if you've got that, you know, um, the right hand stick that just is dedicated to being able to look wherever you want all the time. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to abuse that. And my perfect example of that, of course, this is not a surprise, is Dark Souls. The first time I played through Dark Souls, I was abusing the shit out of that camera because it's third person. I would creep up to a corner of a hallway and turn the camera just enough so I could see what was on the other side before I actually like went out with, you know, my shield up all the time. Um and that's I understandable like, for that game. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. And I, but I feel like I would do the same thing here too. You know, if, um, if resident evil gave you that ability, I feel like it would actually, uh, remove a lot of that really great tension because you, you have no control over that. When you walk into a room, it's like, this is the view that we're giving you. And it's all very intentional, right? Um, there are a lot of instances where you see like part of a hallway, and you're like, oh, okay, shit. Like, is there is there something around that curve? Like, I can't see past this. And then you start slowly creeping towards it. And then, you know, a zombie comes walking out from behind a, you know, a dresser or something. And it's it's all it's all set up perfectly to have those moments happen 
that I feel like would have been spoiled if the player could just kind of spin the camera around and, and see what's coming. Then it'd be Resident Evil 5 or 6. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there you go. That, that's a good point. And I like to bring it up because I mess with that so much. I was like trying to break the game in the sense of like even like going through like another playthrough or maybe jumping back through the door and coming back into a room because sometimes the zombies would stay there and especially with the hd one it was almost more scary because they were the sound effects are so more intense Mm -hmm. you would be tiptoeing and like waiting until you triggered the uh reaction to whatever's in the next scene because since in like the hd one they could obviously all this stuff but uh like I just thought that was so funny, even though I like I'm like, there's a zombie in front of that door that I can't see the way this is angled. And I would just like tiptoe away and like just wait till you hear that movement. And it, uh, I don't know, I just like I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? It's like making my game play like just like adding hours to my day, you know, <laughs> but it, it's it's fun. You know, you just want to just be a G at this game, I guess. Yeah, that and it, I'm so I just remember there's one particular I mean, there are many, but one that came to mind. It's early in the game where you've kind of got this hallway that's kind of in roughly like an S shape almost. And there are these um, body length mirrors leaning up against the walls. And as soon as you walk into the first part of the hallway, you see one of the mirrors kind of leaning to the side. And if you look closely enough, you can see. Uh, a zombie oh, yeah, at the opposite yeah. end of the hallway just kind of like hanging out there like that that those are the kind of moments i'm talking about those are those are great that's awesome that's really cool you just can't get those in a full 3d uh atmosphere right you need it with those fixed camera yeah. angles yeah and that's where like resident evil 4 is a great game but it didn't it never had anything like that i, I would say so it had a lot of good stuff but not like that yeah and and so kind of piggybacking off the zombie thing, um, one of the other ones that I pointed out was just some of the mechanics in the game that you kind of just learn organically by playing. Um, one of the big ones, and this is probably going to sound dumb to both of you because you're like, yeah, no shit, of course that's what you do. But I had no idea. <laughs> I actually didn't know till I was like three quarters of the way through the first part of the mansion. But um Turns out you should probably burn the zombies after you shoot them or they come back super pissed off and really red. Um, so, Which is actually something that was introduced in the remake. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not in the original. Uh, I did not nope. know that. Once you kill dead zombies or dead zombies in the original. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're no crimsons. No uh-huh. crimson. So the HD. Okay. But you do get hunters and they suck. <laughs> yeah, but they're in they're they're in the HD too. So you get another <laughs> enemy and and a more powerful enemy. It's like Jesus Christ, but <laughs> Okay, so this is purely a, a a newer experience then. All right. Yeah, see, this is where my experience with the game is is kind of showing that I didn't come till this till later, but I actually thought it was a it was a good thing. So I guess it's a good addition, I suppose, but I thought it was just a really good mechanic because then it's one of those those player decisions that you have to make of, you know, I have X amount of, you know, kerosene in my in my flask and available to me. Is this zombie that I just killed, is it in a location that is critical enough to me that I'm going to use up a very limited resource to make sure that I don't have to deal with this again later? 
So I, I actually kind of liked that. Now, if you do blow off their head, they don't come back as a crimson either. And, and another good point, too, is if you're basically with the HD, the graphics alone, obviously, is what's the big, you know, what that's how it's so different from the original. But mm-hmm. what especially like, I read all like the magazines at the time, like totally spoiled. I know this game front to back and I saw the new stuff that they were implementing and I still was surprised on all the things that happened in the hd remake of resident evil and that was with um the crimson heads coming back which you get the kerosene i didn't do that in my first playthrough but <laughs> you had uh secondary weapons as well with chris had um grenades uh and like a tape I-, I might be getting this mixed up but you had like a secondary thing that they actually kept in with the um re2 remake which just came out and so it's like when it's, if you had these extra things like a knife or a grenade or a taser, if a zombie or a enemy bit you, you would get a basically free shot and like stab them or blow their head off and something. But this would be an item that you'd pick up throughout the mansion and stuff, which obviously was never in the original. So it was a cool twist on playing the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I personally in, uh, really appreciated the inclusion of, of the defensive items like that. Um, yeah, the they knives. were awesome. Yeah, they were the, so cool. The knives saved my ass on many occasions. <laughs> I'm not going to oh, lie. Yeah. Sometimes I just like putting a grenade in a zombie's mouth. It was just awesome, you know. Like, yeah, I mean. We'll see what yeah. happens. As you do, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and the taser is pretty cool. I always like that. <laughs> Um, so I guess let, uh, there, I think there's one more thing I want to touch on cause we are starting to run a little bit long and we like to keep the, a tight ship if possible. But, um, I, I actually had a lot to talk about on this one. Um, I think the other, it's a great game. well, it is, it is, it is a great game. And, Wait, when are we going to talk about the movies? <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's, no. a, that's a follow up. No, so. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Unpopular opinion. I actually like the movies. All right, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, yep, no, I, you know what, this has been fun. But, yeah, <laughs> hey, it, it, we'll, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about the movies. And I'll let uh, I'll let Sam know this. Uh, super fan Sam, we'll talk about the movies when we talk about Final Fantasy VIII. Cool. So never great. <laughs> just put ex- <laughs> just put explicit on that one if you have me on that episode. So for the Resident <laughs> Evil movies. Uh, listen, they are something the else. first one was not that bad. Okay. But, um, anyway, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on was just, uh, I, I really appreciated the, the world design and the fact that it's kind of a very focused take on things. Um, games, especially now with the sort of glut of like open world, you know, Ubisoft esque games that we have at this point. Um, it's, it's very evident that, they think that bigger is better and that's not always the case particularly and particularly with like sequels you know you feel like you have to one up yourself um so you can see it even in the resident evil series where as it goes on for the most part we kind of circle back around in like seven for instance but um the game world expands more and more because they kind of feel like the player needs to experience new and various things but there is a lot to be said for a much more uh, like a, a tighter focused experience. And I think uh, having the majority of this game take place in the mansion itself and, you know, the, the residence that's kind of on the same grounds and, and what have you. The evil residence. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hmm. All right. Roll credits. <laughs> that's a, 
uh, I think it's actually really to its benefit for a number of reasons. But I, I think having fewer areas like this kind of allowed the developers to really put a lot more attention to detail into crafting them. So intentionally, as we were kind of talking about with the fixed mechanic, uh, fixed camera mechanic. Um, and from a player perspective too, I think it kind of allows you to wrap your head around it contextually, um, easier and, and kind of get immersed in it. So what happens, at least for me, is that these, these locales that you're in sort of become characters in the story. They have their own personality and they get fleshed out a lot more rather than just being a backdrop to whatever action is going on. Uh, absolutely. I, I don't think this game would have worked if it, you didn't have the initial setup of the mansion. If you didn't have all the tight corridors and various different rooms and having to navigate the mansion as you did. Um, because I mean, this was an era that you still kind of saw things like that just as part of organic gameplay, just because of the memory you'd have that because, you know, coming out of the 16 bit generation, but you're also entering into the, the era of super Mario 64 where you were getting more and more expansive at the time. And, mm. You know, people wanted the extra storage capabilities so they could make bigger and better games. And that was the big topic of the time, the CD versus cartridge and storage capability and what you could do. So the fact they kept everything still kind of very claustrophobic and tight and uh, narrowly focused did make the game that much better. Yeah, and um, it's just it's just nice because, it's, especially with the Resident Evil 1, since the series became as big as we can talk about it now i mean with movies to the long extensive series it is and all the stuff it became to be i I mean it just still blows my mind to see you know us talking about resident evil one to now it's it's pretty nuts Mm -hmm. so back to this and it's still one of my favorite games and i got you know even with the graphics aside i mean the hd one does hold you in because it looks so good but it's it's so good because they're you know it has that linear kind of gameplay that I do miss in some games at sometimes, which is like what we talked about with everything's open world now and blah blah blah. But um, it, it, it's just they still kind of kept that with a lot of their good ones because even like Resident Evil Seven and even Four, like Four had like you move around a lot, but it, it's still not really an open world if you really look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about either of you, but I know that uh, I've at this point, I'm personally pretty burnt out on the the whole concept of having this giant open world with just like a thousand, you know, checkpoints on a map to go, you know, collect items or go up to viewpoints or or whatever. Basically, the Ubisoft formula, I think it's kind of played out at this point and it, it feels exhausting because like you go into it kind of like what you were talking about with, uh, you know, Dragon Warrior. It's just like, OK, so I'm basically setting myself up for like 80 hours of gameplay. Yeah. Do I really <laughs> want to do this? But that is that kind of game. And I guess it just you should just know your titles. That's kind of how I look at it. And that's why I was like, I had just a little sidebar here. I had Devil May Cry 5 and that in my hand. And I was like, oh. And then after when I went with Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest, whatever, it's <laughs> I'm like, why don't I just go with Devil May Cry? I know that's a short game. <laughs> <laughs> and so. it's fun. It's compact. And it, it exactly drives to the point. Yeah. So uh, briefly before we wrap this up, I just have to say the voice acting and the live action acting is the best 
B-movie, cheesy, <laughs> amazing, delicious part of this game. And it had it, we had to mention it in this episode. It had to be mentioned. Joseph! <laughs> Joseph! <laughs> no, don't go! I'll handle this. Yes, it's amazing. I think that it yeah, is amazing. one thing I missed out on on the, the HD remake because I think they replaced the voice lines. Oh, it's terrible for how for how good that opening was with the HD remake, and they made it look so sweet. It's just like anyone that played Resident Evil One was not going to back that up. They're like, first one was better. First one was better. <laughs> just, have you have you watched the intro, Shane? The original intro. Uh, yeah, yeah, a while ago, but yeah. <laughs> In color. Um, I th- I think so. There, I mean, the original was like black and white, kind of. So. Oh. It, it's it's hilariously amazingly bad it is so bad it's amazing um especially when they introduce the cast and you see them doing their posts and you like see wesker he just he has his gel in his hair and he just (laughs) strokes his hair back and then folds his arm and looks like he's too cool to be being filmed and he has better things to do it's it's so great it's a it's so i love it dude that was like the end of an era because like what was after that that had live action actors and like that much of an impact? Well, because they went to CG starting with two. For sure. So, yeah. And you had, you know, they were coming out of the uh, make your own music video era of the Sega CD. Oh, God. Exactly. So they, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the, the leftover remnants of what was going on with uh, the CD technology. Because, of course, CD technology meant you had to have live action actors. Yeah, the, and the final hurrah. Resident Evil. Resident Evil delivered in spades. <laughs> so thank Resident Evil for giving us the, uh, you know, putting down the live action sense of <laughs> crappy full motion videos. <laughs> Hope this is not Chris's blood. <laughs> so great. Love it. And he, see, this is what I don't get. You guys are sitting here talking about how great the terrible, like, live action acting is that. But you, y- y'all are going to go and shit on the Resident Evil movies. I would I would make the argument because, that those yeah. are just as bad because they 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 got a preview. It's like they couldn't do it in a minute, so why make a two hour movie about it and plus seven? It's kind of like you know you know the the, the the Hulk movie that came after before the other Hulk movie. Not the Hulk movie is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I haven't watched that one, but the one that came out before that, yeah, the I one know, that was like the really Ang terrible Lee one, yeah, yeah, the Ang Lee one. Like you cannot go and you cannot watch that. It's terrible, right? Mm-hmm. But you go watch The Room, which is a much more terrible movie in every single facet. <laughs> but you can actually sit through and watch The Room and make fun of it the entire time. I did not That's the hit same her. thing. That's the same thing you got with the, the original Resident Evil. Oh, hi, Mark. And when you compare it to the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. I, I just think it, it's with any video game movie. If I never played this game, never was a fan never been on this podcast and i saw the resident evil movies i'd probably be a fan but i'm already spoiled <laughs> just I, just can't go back you know i feel i feel personally attacked by this I don't... <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll get we'll be talking for like four more hours if we get in the movie stuff so yeah, yeah. to be fair it's the the acting in the resident evil video game is better than doom annihilation oh god I agree. let's okay I agree. now we're now we're going into my 
sore spot territory. Let's not talk about that. Uh, die, die, die! Listen, nothing is ever going to top The Rock saying Semper Fi, motherfucker, at the end of the original <laughs> Dune movie. Uh, but anyway, I think we digress. So I, f- I feel like this might be a foregone conclusion given the conversation, but generally we like to kind of end this with uh, our take on whether this is something that holds up for people today, whether you've got the nostalgia for it or not. Um, and I know from my perspective, it's an absolute yes. Um, I think whether you go to the original or you go to the HD remake, I think you're still going to have a great experience. Um, I would say that if you're brand new to this, my personal take would be maybe go for the HD remaster. Cause I feel like that's going to be a little bit of an easier time to swallow, but there's something to be said for, you know, experiencing the original. And I'm sure you two are probably going to disagree with me on that. Uh, I would say play the remake. Uh, just play the remake. Ooh, That's what I would unexpected. say. Um, and, and go back to the original for the lulls if you've never played it. <laughs> and that's about it. If you've never played Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil, and or if you've never played Resident Evil, period, and you're looking to get into the first one, play the remake. Yeah, I actually would say the same thing because the HD remake is fantastic. It, it's mm-hmm. it, it's gold standards of remake, you know, and it, it's still doing that to this day of with the uh, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, you know, but if you're diehard people that are going to make a podcast about you know retro video games yeah play the old resident evil and just see how it is and watch some gameplays if you don't because it it's it's not a hard game and it's it, it you, you it might put you back into that time but i guess if you're just starting out with it i would just say play the hd well if you're playing blind the original is hard Exactly. It is a hard That's game. what I'm saying. But people yeah. still play Game Boy games, so it's like, or Sega yeah. Saturn games, I would say. <laughs> Those seem like very specific yes. examples. Hey, <laughs> feel attacked. <laughs> but keep in mind too. Keep keep in mind the remake is 17 year old. 17 years old now. I know. Isn't that what's crazy? And it still looks, you know, really it's good. Still, it's still gorgeous. It's still beautiful. Yeah. As a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Take take the uh, old one and the HD and make a jump out of it. Nice. Yes, berries in the middle. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know about sure. this. Sure. Yeah, we're just like, mm, nah, no. Let's let's step that one back. Uh, we're not we're not going to invoke Rule Thirty Four. It's already been done. <laughs> well, that that's inevitable. Yes. Uh, all right. So I guess on that note, I'll probably wrap this baby up. So uh, as usual, I think we had a pretty good discussion. Um, I think. Uh, so before we go into our usual thing, um, Ryan, where can our lovely listeners find you out on the vast interwebs? Well, I do my own um, video game anime kind of media podcast at Ultimate Nerd Podcast. You can find that on any uh, podcast app or wherever you get your podcast. Or uh, check out all my other work. I do a bunch of other podcasts at trainerpodcast.com. That's T-R-A-I-N-O-R podcast.com. Yeah, check me out. And uh, This has just been awesome, guys. Thank you so much for um, having me on. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you. It's great, great having uh, great guests on this show. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. 
Um, so on, on that note, <clears throat> as we are wont to do, uh, if you would like to reach out to us at the Retro Hangover, you can do so from a number of vectors. Um, we're basically on all of the major social media platforms, so you can find us there. Just search for Retro Hangover. Uh, if you want to go directly to our website, it is retrohangover.com. If you want to send us an email with any uh, suggestions for topics or uh, critiques about uh, an episode that we've had here already, um, you can do that at podcast at retrohangover.com. Um, usually we'd say that the best way to reach out to us is probably going to be either Instagram or Facebook. That's where we are most of the time. And as Chris mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, we are doing our regular uh, stream Sundays now. So if you are free uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday and you want to hang out and see some retro games being played, I'm not going to see that they're going to be played well, but we're playing them. Um, then you can check out Retro Hangover on twitch.tv and we will be there as well. I actually just got um my uh recording slash streaming corner here more or less finished and set up i've got the new mic with the the scissor boom and i feel all official so uh actually tomorrow being being sunday as the time of recording on this thing uh it is possible that we may be including a face cam for the first time so you get to see my ugly mug so there you go hey that thing looks sick i saw the pictures very nice oh thanks man yeah um i I would like to reminds me of resident evil (laughs) (laughs) i would like oh are we talking about his room or his face yes (laughs) but uh all right any uh any last remarks before we uh before we shut this thing down ryan Ah, I'm good. All right. Well, in that case, without any further ado, until next time. Grab your joysticks and play combat like a tank. Play your joysticks. (laughs) 